if you're online watching and you'd like to donate to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering to help support world missions and our missionaries all over the world, you can donate online. Uh, if you did not come prepared this morning, you can, you can donate next week as well and just designate it, just get a, a, an offering envelope from uh, the office doors and just designate Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Those of you who are staying, please turn in your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Last week in our, our Christmas series, we considered the wonder of Christmas. We learned that wonder starts with the memory, and it is that we think about, and the memory, it lights up, and it turns on a glowing, and it starts glowing brighter and brighter as the memory brings about wonder in our lives. As we looked at our scripture in Luke chapter 1, we did not have to look, to look very far to see and to feel the wonder of the first Christmas. We learned that every aspect of the Christmas story, whether in the Old Testament or in the New, is full of wonder and amazement. Church, something had to happen. Listen to me. Something had to happen for the excitement of Christmas to exist. Something had to happen. Something had to happen for the wonder of Christmas to exist. And the thing that had to happen was Jesus had to come. For us to be excited about Christmas, real Christmas, Jeff, Jesus had to come. For us to experience the wonder of Christmas, the true wonder of Christmas, church Jesus had to come. So let's look at Luke chapter 2. We're going to start reading in verse 1. And Luke records, he says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, Augustus that the whole entire uh, empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in snuggly cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Again, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we pray that you would be with us during this time. Lord, we've, we've heard about the excitement of Christmas, and we've learned, Lord, about the wonder of Christmas. But right now, Lord, I want us to stop and reflect and remember the first Christmas. Help us, Lord, as we hear to be excited and to feel the wonder. And there's a reason we should, Lord, and help us not to, to miss it during this message. Thank you, God, for loving us. And because of that love, Lord, we're able to love other people, even unlovable people, because of the love that you've given us. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. What we just read was so, so many things all at once. It was so many things all at once. It was the miraculous birth of a child born to a virgin. And yes, she was a virgin. She, she was a virgin. 
She had not been with a man. She was instructed by, by the angel. By, Joseph was instructed by the angel. He said, don't, don't touch her, don't lay hands on her until after the baby is born. She was still a virgin. It was the birth of the Messiah to, to those who were watching and waiting for the Messiah. It was the birth of God in flesh for the world as a whole. And it was the birth of the king of all of both heaven and earth. But it was something else, church. And this might be the most important thing. And it's recorded in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. It was something, it was so many things, but it was something else. Matthew 1, 23 says this. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Church, do you know what this means? Do you know what this means? God with us. There's so many times in life that we feel like we're so we're, we're all alone. And up until this point, the, the Hebrew children had walked this earth and, and, and they, they, they had an, a, a, an experience with God and they could experience God, but God was not with them. They had to go to God. They had to appease God. Right now, what we see when Christ comes to this earth, this very first Christmas, is we see God with us. It's amazing. We see so many things with this picture of Christ being born, but we can't, it's, it's all just landscaped or, or overshadowed by the fact that Christ is now with us. As I look back over the years, and we think and we consider this very first Christmas, I want to tell you a secret. My, the secret that I'm going to tell you is probably much like the secret that you have that you could probably tell me. I mean, this is, Steve, this is top secret FBI information. Y'all ready? My first Christmas. Church, I, I don't remember my first Christmas. Do, do any of y'all, do any of y'all remember your first Christmas? Anybody in here? Now, li listen, I, I was born May 3rd, 1970. I know that's a shock to some of y'all. Y'all didn't realize I was that old. I was born May 3rd, 1970. I was seven months and 22 days old when Christmas came in 1970. Now, I'm sure my parents bought me something for Christmas that year. I'm sure that my, my older sister, who was two years older than me, she, she played with me and she, as she looked at all the presents and lights under the Christmas tree. I, I'm not really sure how excited my parents were this, this first Christmas of my life because they, as they held me in their arms, my mother had already been told that she was pregnant with my youngest sister and that she had all the signs and symptoms of being a Down syndrome child. I, I'm not sure that, that my first Christmas, I, I'm sure that my first Christmas, my grandparents came over to the house, a meal was had that resembled the ones that I remember, and leftovers were sitting on the stove to snack on all throughout the day. Church, I do not remember any of that. Any of that. I don't remember what I was given. I don't, Mike, I don't remember what the, the house smelled like. I don't know what the decorations were like. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. At this point in time, we, we lived in Archdale. 
a, a place in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, in my mind, I've driven by the house and I can see the house. And when I was two, I remember the staircase of the house going up and down the staircase because that's what kids do. I saw that this week as well. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, if I tried, if I sat down, Griffin, if I sat down and I strained my mind, y'all know how as you get older, you, you think about something or somebody's name comes to your mind and, and you, you're just like, yeah, uh, she, she sat on the second row. And for some reason, what we, well, this is what we do when we're trying to think. You, you, you sit down and you put your hands on your head. And if somebody comes and tries to talk to you, just, oh, oh wait, I'm, trying, I'm thinking about something. You mess me up. I, I had that name, I had, that, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Listen, if I sat here this morning and I tried my hardest, Brother David, to remember the first Christmas I was here on this earth, I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't. And neither could you. The first Christmas that I do remember, I must have been five or six years old, there's a picture of me in my mother's photo albums. Y'all's parents still have photo albums. I mean, the big thick ones, and you flip through them, and dust pops out and makes you start sneezing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? She's got those right beside her chair. And, and I, there's a picture of me that I remember of the first Christmas, me living in, in, our, in our home. And, and it's the picture of me standing in the living room in a pair of 1970s pajamas, standing on green shag, raw, uh, shag carpet, wearing a football helmet. From that year on, I remember every Christmas we had in our house in Tiggy K, and, and they were, were pretty much all the same until 1989. So you don't remember your first Christmas, probably your second Christmas. You may remember a little, you know, just something about the third Christmas. But this picture, see, I've got a picture, and I was five or six years old, 70s pajamas, standing, well, well okay, you, you remember that, and you remember all the Christmases between then and 1989, and what, what, what's so special about 1989? Something happened. Something happened. You see, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it's it said that, that Jesus would be born of a virgin, and they would name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, something happened. Something miraculous happened. Something exciting happened. Something wonderful happened in that year. You see, up until those point, the, the point in time from, from five or six years old when I was standing in the carpet with shag carpet and 70s pajamas, I remember Christmas. But in 1989, I experienced Christmas. I experienced Christ with me. What happened? I'll never forget we were still at my parents' house. And I, I just, I, I, I wanted to tell the Christmas story. I mean, everybody was celebrating. Everybody was celebrating in their, their own way. And I, I told mom and dad, I said, listen, I, I, can, can I tell the Christmas story? Can I read the Christmas story? Do you remember how well that went over? That is the first and last time I tried to do that. So all these people, friends, family, neighbors, they, they, they were there and we stopped. And I started to tell the Christmas story. I'll never forget. I, I was over in the back corner of the living room on the couch telling the Christmas story. And, and after I was done, and, and I, 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 remember, I think I said a little prayer. And, you know, I didn't get any applause. And I wasn't wanting any applause. But, I, I mean, it was just quiet. You could hear. And that, it, this was not a quiet place. 
And I look over in the far corner, and, and some family members are standing over there, and one of my family members is looking at a family friend, and, and he said, he's the dark horse in the family. And I was. For the first time, listen, for the first time, for the first time in my life, in 19 years, Christmas was there with me. Christmas was there because Jesus was there. Do, do you understand? Christmas is so many things, but apart from Christ with us, it's nothing, church. It's absolutely nothing. Christmas is, is not or ever will be Christmas unless until Jesus comes. And that year, Jesus came into my life, and it was wonderful. This morning, we're looking at the first Christmas. The first Christmas Christ was with us on earth. Now, again, I wasn't there, but Scripture records it pretty well, amen? Church, have you ever thought, now, you're, you're, y'all, some of y'all are going to think as I start, you know, preaching this, preacher's gone crazy. Just hold on, though, okay? I'm not, Sharon, I'm not crazy, okay? Just, just listen to the words, and if you miss this, you're going to, I mean, if you're about to fall asleep, you need to listen to this real quick, Okay? Church, have you ever thought, I mean really thought, about Jesus, God's Son in flesh, being born into this world? We're, we're not talking about us. Again, let's, how many of y'all remember your first Christmas? None of us. Now, here we have in our scripture this morning, a baby has been born, has been wrapped in cloth and lying in an, in an animal's feeding trough, now, I just told you that I don't remember my first Christmas here on this earth. I, I was here, but I was not aware of anything. Now, we're talking about the Son of God, though. Have you ever wondered if Jesus on this night was aware of everything that was taking place around him, that, that, that every movement, everything that was taking place, he was completely unaware of? Now, we know through Scripture we know through Scripture that Jesus was a master at harnessing his power. Was he not? He really was. We see in Scripture where people get in his face and spit at him, Mr. Holman. Has that ever happened to y'all before? Has that ever happened to y'all before? I'd like to just, I mean... I'd like to see the reaction of some of y'all. Some of y'all who are just very quiet and humble because those are the ones you need to be afraid of. You hear me? The people who run their mouth, usually if they run their mouth, they're the, they're the first to run when you walk towards them, especially with a ball bat, right, Angie? They're the first to walk away. But, but, but those who are quiet, you better watch out for them. Listen, Jesus had all the power in the world and in heaven. Somebody spit in his face, Miss Virginia. He just, he just stood there. They called him all sorts of names. Now, y'all know what it's like when somebody calls you a name, right? It, I mean, it hurts. When, you, when you're arguing with your wife or you're arguing with your husband and, and they go straight for the jugular and they just, they, yeah, you're just, and, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe you said that. Jesus would just stand there and take it. He was a master at harnessing his power. 
Was he aware of everything that was taking place? Now, we're talking about the Son of God, Miss, Miss Desi. Was he aware of everything that was taking place? With that thought in mind, listen to me. I, I wonder, I just wonder if Jesus at the moment of his birth was fully aware of, of what, what others were thinking and saying about his parents. I wonder what other, I wonder if Jesus was aware of what other people were saying about his parents. Look, look at old Mary. She had an affair on Joseph. Ain't no way in the world she got it. Look how big she is. She's about to pop now. That's what we say. She looks like she's about to pop now. And Joseph, they, they, they hadn't even gone through the whole spousal period. The cloth hadn't been delivered to the father. She, she had an affair. And Joseph, listen, look how slanderous it is. And he's still with her. He should have divorced. He had the right to kill her and put her away, but he didn't. Golly, that's, so, that's scandalous. What other people were saying about his parents. I wonder if he was fully aware of what others were saying about his parents. I wonder it, it, what, what the king of heaven thought about those who had no room for his parents and for him in the end. I wonder if as he laid there in the feeding trough of an animal and looked at his parents while they were still somewhat in shock to have given birth to a child in a barn with no one around, I wonder, church, would Jesus when he was fully aware of what was taking a place around him I wonder if Jesus gave a wink to an angel who was standing guard in the room to tell the heavenly host to make a proclamation to the shepherds in the fields or did all of heaven look, look at the conditions that were, were taking place around the, the king of kings and say, oh no, oh no. If they, the, the host of heaven looked over and saw their king laying in a trough in a barn and said, oh no, we're not having any part of this. We didn't have permission. But listen, y'all, get your trumpets ready. Come to the threshold of heaven. We're going to wake this world up. I just wonder... I wonder if Jesus did that, Jeff. I really, you know, just gave a wink to the angel who was, you know, there was an angel standing guard there. Y'all know that, right? I mean, I, listen, well, Brother Kyle, I don't see that in Scripture. We're talking about the king of heaven here. There wasn't anything going to touch him. Go get that heavenly host ready. We're getting ready to wake this world up. Church, I wonder if Jesus was at this time fully aware of his parents financial condition they rode in on a donkey they didn't have much at all joseph was a what a carpenter they didn't have a lot i wonder if jesus being fully aware of his parents financial condition and knew they would soon have to flee to egypt so with another wink of his eye a star shined brighter than any star had ever shined before Lighting up the dark night and shining a beam of, of light like ne nobody had ever seen before to the little town of Bethlehem. As this happened, a group of men who were called wise men in Scripture, they, they were astrologers, they had seen this, and they knew in, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, they saw the star, and knowing Jewish tradition, that they were seeking, the Jews were seeking their Messiah to, to they set out to bring gifts for the new child and their parents. Now, church, I heard a message this past week when I was driving to Greer. Some of y'all might have heard. Do any of y'all listen to David Jeremiah when he's on the radio? He had a great message this past week. 
And I had heard this, but I hadn't paid attention to it before. You know, if Jesus would have known, if Jesus would have been fully aware, and he wanted to, to help his parents out, and he gave a wink and the star started shining, and these astrologers saw the star, and they started coming to where Jesus was born, and they brought gifts. Do you all know what they brought? They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we, we've seen the, the nativity scenes, and we've, we've seen the children come, and they've dressed up like this, but I, I want you to understand something here. Everything that they brought him had a, a meaning. You see, to bring gold represented Jesus as the king. The frankincense resembled Jesus as the priest. Now those two, those two things are, I mean, with, with Mary standing there and these guys, these wise men giving these gifts, I mean, it was, it was great, the gold. Listen, we're, 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 we're going to be struggling for some time now. We're going to be on the run, and, and this is going to help us. Uh, this is going to help us. The, the myrrh, they, I mean, the, the frankincense, they could also use to, to financially sell it and, and be able to, to provide for themselves. But this was shocking to me, as David Jeremiah said. He said, it would have been shocking for somebody to give a gift to a child, myrrh. Any of y'all ever been to a, a funeral home? You know that when they... A body's brought in, a Christian body, not a Jewish body, because Jews bury, they don't embalm. But they, they, they will embalm the body. Myrrh is an embalming solution. Any of y'all ever gone to a baby shower and the, the mom of the newborn baby been given embalming fluid? That had been horrific, wouldn't it? But here Jesus is, these wise men come, and they give him three things. Gold representing a king. Frankincense representing his priesthood. And myrrh, which was a bitter, bitter ointment representing his bitter death. I wonder if Jesus was completely and totally aware. As a newborn baby, I wonder... Church, all these things I've wondered about Jesus being aware, being aware of taking place around him, I, I do not truly know. But just as, as the wondering adds wonder to the birth of Christ, did Jesus orchestrate them? I, I'll never know this side of heaven. But what I do know is that God made a way. God made a way. Every step of the way for his son to be born on this earth. Listen, the, the prophecy prior to Jesus coming, the 400 years of silence, God orchestrated. And now as we see in the New Testament scripture, God orchestrated every single bit of it. Why? Why, Miss Susan, why did God do this? Well, the answer is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, when Jesus was born of a virgin and they named him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Church, what do we know about Christmas 2020? <laughs> 
It's the, I, I, don't, I don't know how many of y'all have been shopping uh, out in the stores, but I want y'all to, if you, if you still, how many of y'all still have some shopping to do? I, there's something I want y'all to pay attention to. Every year, local stores, they, they come up with new Christmas ornaments, and they have, you know, some sort of slogan or something on it, and they put the year. Y- y'all notice that? Or Belk years ago used to have the Belky Bear every Christmas, and they would put Merry Christmas and the year. Ain't nobody buying 2020, y'all. I'm tell, I was at one store, and I forgot to tell you this. They were selling Christmas ornaments. It, I, it was at Kirkland's. That's where it was. Kirkland, and they were beautiful little, you know, Christmas balls that you hang on your Christmas tree, just like, you know, some over there. But it said 2020 on it. And they, the original price was like $18, and they had it marked down to $5, and they still had a surplus of them. Nobody wants it. I Listen, I don't want, I don't want it. There's one in our bathroom church, and it's funny. Somebody gave it to Amy, and it's, it's, a, it's a Christmas ornament, but it's got toilet paper on it. It says, I love you, I love you more than toilet paper in 2020. <laughs> what we know about Christmas in 2020, y'all ready? We know, we know and have full text of not only the birth of the Messiah, but we have his full life in text to wonder and gaze at. Is that not amazing? But, the, but there's more. We know this year that when Jesus was born, he was called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And that's never changed or stopped. Today, God is not only with us, he is in us. Christmas 2020, God is with us, but he is in us, Stan. That's that's good stuff. We know that just as the shepherds were standing, watch over the fields that night, watching with, with no certainty of what that night might bring, that there were millions of people all over the world, church today, who need to hear the good news that Jesus is alive. The same uncertainty is alive today. Millions of people don't know who Jesus is. And they need to hear it from us. They need to see it from us. They need to see the excitement that we have because Jesus is with us and Jesus is in us. They need to see the wonder in our our faces and our lives because God is alive in us, church. They need to see it. We know today that there are both lost and Christians who do not have room for Jesus in their lives. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. We know that in the day that we live, there are both lost and Christians who do not have room for Jesus in their lives. Jesus has taken a back seat to worldly traditions. He's been removed from all public places as his nativity is offensive to the sight of man. Church, listen. His bride, the church, we, the church, his church today is gripped with fear of a virus with a 98.7% cure rate. Now listen to me. I've struggled since March. I've, I've, I've looked at every single thing that's taken place. I, I, see, I, I know that this is a virus. 
I know, listen, I know. I've studied, I've looked, I've analyzed, I've talked to other preachers, I've talked to doctors, physicians. Listen, I know that it's a virus. But I need to understand, you to understand this as I've had to gra- grab and, and understand it myself. I'm 50 years old. There's always been a virus around. There has always been a virus around. And this time next year, there's going to be another virus around. And there's going to be another virus around. It's time for the church to be the church and open its doors. We cannot be afraid any longer. Well, Brother Kyle, listen, I have an immune deficiency. So I, listen, I've been coughing stuff up for two years. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I'm not going to live in fear because this is the ultimate truth. I am going to die unless Jesus comes. I would rather die with my brothers and sisters praising God in the church of God than sitting at home cowering, being afraid. We've got to open the doors of the church, church. We've got to be the church. That's what God called us to be, the church. It's time we be the church. Now, I know I'm probably going to get some slack over this. We've got to be the church, church. The world needs to see us because Jesus is alive. He's in us. He's in us. Church, on the night Christ was born, praise team, come on up. On the night that Christ was born, a heavenly host heralded his birth to the world. And I want us, his church, who are gathered here today to do the very same thing right now. We need to feel the presence of God like never before and the world needs to hear our voices like never before. We, we will, we, will you stand with me right now and sing praises unto God like you, you have never before sung. Like, like you, you were one of the, the, one of the hosts that night that, that Jesus, when Jesus was born. Will you stand with me and sing out like you've never sung before unto the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, the music's going to play here in a second. I want to ask you, as I often do, do you know my Jesus? Do you know my Jesus? Do you know that he came to this earth to be with you and to live in you? If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, during, while the music's playing, during the invitation, will you come? Will you come and let me show you what Scripture says each person must do to be born again? Will you come? As the music plays, will you come?